0: Want your voice to be heard? Dial us up now at 239 1260. This is Quarian Schultz on Fox Sports 1260 Indy Sports
1: Station. Keystone Sports Review, Derek, at 56th in Keystone, right? 56th and Keystone I always Stone, confused that's right. by that. 56th and Keystone, Keystone Sports Review, KSR, our home away from home, is where you will find us today, the first Wednesday. Of the years, a matter of fact, with Larry and the gang, that means that pizzas are half-off dine-in between now and 7 o'clock. And you're not going to find a better pizza in Indianapolis, so why not come by, say hi. You can enjoy a cold beer or a soft drink, whatever your preference. Hang out and listen to the show. And plenty to talk about today, Derek, including the big news that's not necessarily a big surprise. We now have a a soft, if you will, target date. January 29th is the estimated day of return or the target day of return for Victor Oladipo for the Pacers
0: good news it's good to have that date it's good to finally kind of have a grasp but instead of just a general range uh four weeks six weeks two weeks whatever it is so I'm not saying that I'm gonna panic if Victor Oladipo doesn't play January 29th but it's good to at the very least have that target date and know okay let's circle that on the calendars and let's hopefully see the the Pacers franchise player back out there and healthy and in action.
1: Yeah, and it's against the Bulls, right? Oh, I haven't actually looked. Yeah, I think that's right. So that gives them – I had a feeling when he came back, it was – you know, they weren't going to bring him back for, like, the Bucks. It was going to be a game where they had some flexibility. I, you know, what's, what's the number of minutes he gets in that game? Probably, what, 15 to 20, something like that? I'm not sure how they're going to approach that, to be totally
0: honest. I mean, I don't think he's going to go out there and play 40 minutes right away, but um, I'm not sure if they're going to put a cap on it. Or if he's going to be on and off, like he'll play, he won't play in, let's say, a Sega Baba, but he'll the play. Second game of a back-to-back. You know what I mean? Like they'll they'll keep him out maybe early on as he gets his sea legs in a second game. I'm not sure, honestly, Jake, how they'll handle it. That's actually a really good question.
1: Uh, we can talk about that, among other things, with Jeremiah Johnson coming up 4 o'clock today when he joins the program. Big show lined up. We have Viator Bolschultz. Uh, shockingly, sponsored by KSR, Larry actually writes that off on his taxes because it's such a bad segment. But that's coming up in 15 no, it, minutes. It's, it's
0: not a, it's not a bad segment. It's not a tax write-off. It's
1: have you done right, your taxes?
0: KSR, yeah, my dad's a retired CPA. Can he so do it's mine? wonderful uh, for a nominal fee? Sure. Um, it's none that's of fine. those things. What KSR? KSR nominal. is very proud to be the sponsor, not only of Biderbubli but of the show, and to have us out here every month. And I think that we shouldn't verbally insinuate otherwise jake
1: fair enough okay uh jeremiah at four o'clock rafael esparza our buddy from las vegas talking odds and especially with the nfl playoffs coming up college football playoff championship on monday rafael joins us in the four o'clock hour mark howell is part of the committee that is putting together the college football national championship game for 2022 which will be at lucas oil stadium and he will join us to talk about exactly that at five o'clock and then larry from ksr will join us in the six o'clock hour uh, Derek, we have the YouTube stream back up, right? We do, yes. You're so geeked about this. I'd...
0: Yes, we are live right now. YouTube.com slash Quarian Schultz if you want to check us out. It's a little bit distracting. It's almost like we're two heavenly figures because of the sun streaming in
1: through the windows behind yeah, I'm sure, us. At I'm sure we look great.
0: So it's almost like this glowing halo apparatus. One time when I mentioned the sun coming through and head.
1: being in my eyes and I put on sunglasses and you mocked me. And now you see... Well, you looked ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was coming literally right into my eyes. I actually asked this question earlier today on Twitter, Derek. Would you rather have, we're in January now, right?
0: That's right. Yes. And I saw
1: that we're supposed to get 16 inches of rain tomorrow or Friday. So my question is would you rather have a beautiful day like today and have it be, and I realize this isn't the case today, but hypothetically speaking, if you had your choice through the month of January, would you want sun every single day and the temperature to be to never go over twenty degrees, or fifty-five to sixty every day but gray and some rain?
0: Oh well if you're offering me fifty-five sixty, I'll take fifty-five-sixty gray and rain. Um if you're saying twenty-five and sun. Or forty in rain, or forty-five in rain, then I'm taking twenty-five in so. No, fifty-five in rain, or No, fifty-five in rain. And I'm clear. Cool. Fifty-five is warm to me. Fifty-five, right. I could Especially almost in go January, out. Especially January, right? Yeah, fifty-five, I could almost go out in shorts. So I'm I'm signing up for fifty-five, even with rain. But forty in rain is the worst weather. That, I I would rather have twenty in snow than forty in rain. Yeah, it's
1: bad. forty in rain is the worst possible weather. Uh, I noticed that you. You had mentioned that you caught a mouse and you're all excited about it?
0: I am excited about it, Where did yeah. you catch it? In my basement. Um, you have
1: mice in your house?
0: I just, well, you know, Jake, it, it happens. It's an old house. And uh, we haven't had a, a mouse in there or mice you in know there of. in the last five years. When we first moved into the house and we started, like, knocking down walls and roofs and all of that, we had a mouse um, that we finally got rid of. Uh, but we haven't had any problems with that the last couple of years. But I noticed that um, my son eats oatmeal. For breakfast, a lot of the time, or cereal, and I noticed that some of the oatmeal packets were open that were down in the basement because I, I get the <laughs> okay. economy size box sure. at, okay, at, that's at, at Sam's, yep. uh-huh. and I was like, "Wait a minute, here, this isn't right." And then I noticed droppings and things like that, so I said, "I'm going to take this into my own hands, and I'm, I'm going to be the man of the house here and show this mouse or these mice who's boss." So I got these like retractable uh, mice traps that are um, they're plastic, but they have like teeth. And they're very, very sensitive. Like if you breathe on this thing too heavy, it just snap like that.
1: So, did you kill the mouse, or was this a live trap and release?
0: Uh, well, it it was uh, the, the former. Yeah. You killed it. Yeah, yeah. the The mouse was not the mouse was not living anymore when I looked this morning. Do you think he struggled? No, I I'm pretty sure it's instant because I did a couple of tests last night around twelve thirty and i was like using like a wooden spoon to try to trigger the trap to see what kind of force we're talking about and it's it's pretty heavy i mean these these bad boys so are so where did you dispose serious. of the mouse uh in my uh, blue trash bin the city issued blue re- trash bin the
1: recycle water no we have okay. big blue
0: trash bins that we use in midtown in the city okay so that's what i ended up using and and i feel bad i mean i was a, a hamster owner as, Here's a, the problem, as a kid dude. so i i do have an affinity for animals and all of that but this mouse was causing a lot of problems, and you it's, realize, po- it's pooping in my kid's oatmeal.
1: You realize that because your basement is now the death scene of a mouse, that that means that other mice like me will visit the death scene. So you have now recruited, uh, as soon as it gets out on mouse.com that that's a death scene, you're going to have all kinds of morbid mice showing up, taking pictures, selfies, Twitter posts, etc. Well, you, re- you have increased your problem. I have good news, Jake. You know
0: what my answer is to that? What's that? Set more traps. Because okay. I bought a ten pack on Amazon, so I've used a mouse trap so far. Wait, it's a one-time use trap. Uh, I think you can use it
1: again. Did you have to detach the mouse <laughs> from the trap, or did you throw the trap <laughs> oh, away?
0: I threw the whole thing away. I I wasn't okay. interested in. How much
1: were the traps?
0: Uh, it was uh, fifteen bucks for a ten pack. So
1: you threw away fifteen bucks.
0: No, for a ten pack, oh, so, so traps. Yeah.
1: So you let me let me let me just clarify this. You who will drive to Cloverdale to save eight cents on a gallon of gas are too big a wuss to save yourself a buck fifty by removing the mouse from the trap.
0: I couldn't that's bring 20, myself that's
1: nearly, nearly. Listen, hear me out here. That's like 18 gallons of gas for you.
0: As an animal lover, mm-hmm. I couldn't bring myself to open up the trap and see the upper half of the mouse Was torso, it? all of that. So yeah, it, see, sorry. So people, does it break the trying, neck
1: or or snap it in half? Jake, I don't
0: want to get too graphic here. People are trying to eat, they're trying to enjoy okay. a beer here at KSR, they don't want to hear about the mice Hope that they're are not in having my oatmeal. Just know that it took care of business and I okay. set more traps in case there are more of his friends around, so there's gonna be no more oatmeal fiascos or anything like that anymore. Problem okay. solved.
1: So long as you think so. The, the reality is Do you Derek, want I, I took a picture. Do you want to see? Sure. Okay. The the mouse As long as there's oatmeal, the mice will still find a way. The the traps are not. What did you use as bait? Peanut butter. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Let's see here. Oh, that poor fella. Yeah, the poor little guy. You don't even know that he's dead. You can't see. All you can see is his head. His head's just stuck in the trap. Yeah. Now, that looks like a rat. No, it's just a field mouse. I don't know. I mean rat because rats No rats are large. Rats are friendly though, supposedly. No, mice, they're awful. mice are no mice are pretty they're awful. pretty dangerous animals, but rats are actually pretty friendly. All right, let's uh, this is Look at starting the tail to this
0: is starting to go down a road that I don't want it to go. Um, so let's w- let's kind of steer it back here. Back
1: onto the uh, back onto four sixty five here. That's really unfortunate, this poor guy. Just wanted himself some peanut butter. Well he's
0: not pooping in your food.
1: Well, he wasn't in yours either. He had the decency to get past the oatmeal itself, you know.
0: Should I show our folks on the live stream the picture, or sure, do you, do not wanna, you do that. <laughs> you <they> do <laughs> that. I want
1: to see that. Yeah, you do that.
0: Should I save them from that?
1: Biter boldly. Hey, Jacob Noah, next. I was pretty sure that Big Boy was the man of the house. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, he will be soon.
0: He's going to be dunking here pretty soon.
1: He actually uh, went on the potty
0: again today, so that was great.
1: Breaking news: Crispy says he's stopping by today, depending on how his dentist appointment goes. Maybe, uh, cri- maybe Crispy will come with a, with a swollen lip and not be able to talk. I, I love how
0: uh, he was actually talking like that when he had a few too, uh, too much Jaeger when we were at Dave & Buster's uh, a couple of years ago, and then he got banned for walking out of his tab. That's right. Um, but I, I think Crispy, it's funny how he needs to, like, you know, sound the trumpets. Boop, 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 boop. Crispy is coming. You know, every time he shows up at a remote, it has to be like a big thing. And if it's not a big thing, then he gets really mad at us.
1: Uh, did you watch Matt Rule's introductory press conference with the Carolina Panthers?
0: I actually didn't. Did that happen today?
1: Uh, yeah, I saw I just saw some tweets about it. People were like, Matt Rule is giving a valedictorian speech. Like, I guess he just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. He was not. I saw him interviewed. Uh, Caroline Cain, actually, our friend that used to work for the Colts is now with the Carolina Panthers and went down and interviewed him in Texas for the Panthers website, and he is not at all what I would have guessed in terms of his demeanor and his delivery. How so? Um, Like, I, I don't know, like less, and I know he's a fabulous coach. I mean, his track record speaks for itself, and I think, like I said yesterday, I kind of think of him as like the Brad Stevens of football, but he was less commanding than I would have guessed. Like I just, you know how some people they speak and you're like, man, I could, I can get behind this guy. Like I can see why people buy into what he's saying. He just had less of a demanding delivery about him. He was cool, but I mean, you know, obviously he knows the game. And it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Panthers for his $8.5 a, a year, which would be nice money.
0: Yeah, he's the next big thing, right? And would so, your dad charge
1: him a nominal fee for taxes? Sometimes
0: the next big thing, I'd probably charge him a little bit more yeah, knowing what hope. he makes.
1: Um, what, so, what kind of nominal fear are we talking about? Sometimes the next What's big thing going ends rape?
0: up working out. Sometimes it, it ends up flopping. Because I
1: have like 16 different I mean, W-9s remember, or whatever they're called. Jake, remember when the,
0: the Bears hired Mark Trestman? Yeah. And he's like this, right? He's this CFL brain. Yeah, he was a good oh my God, he's an offensive genius. And, and that dude, it was a total train wreck. Well,
1: he he got what, one or two years?
0: I think he got two years, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, So there have been cases like that where people have been identified as the next big thing. Steve Spurrier, was that with the Redskins? Remember how big of a deal that was when the Redskins got Spurrier and he was awful? Um, So I I don't think it's any slam dunk that Matt Rule is the guy, but it did raise my eyebrows. When the Colts talked to him two years ago, And I was like, really? The the Temple guy? And I think he might have been one year in at Baylor at that point. Um, It really gave the... I I think it gave the impression that NFL teams were getting serious and keeping an eye on – had a lot of respect already for what he had done, and now it's only gotten better from there because
1: he's continued to build up Baylor. I think people should be encouraged by the fact that a guy that was clearly coveted by several teams in the league, Carolina was able to get him. Not New York, not L.A., you know, not San Francisco, but Carolina. I am a
0: little bit surprised about the Giants not getting him because it it feels like they – might have a quarterback in Daniel Jones. I would Maybe. Agree with that. They've I got Saquon nice Barkley. It, it's not a roster that's devoid of talent. You have some good talent. Yeah, good job. You correct. just don't have any depth at all, and, and you have a lot of spots that are very, very weak and, and a culture that seemingly is broken right now with where they've kind of devolved into over the
1: last couple of like years. Like the neck of your mouse. All right,
0: that's right. Don't make me feel bad. Well, about it. This is a
1: celebratory thing. Oh, really? Yes. Pete is online too.
0: Because I did it, Jake. I didn't have to go out of pocket for exterminator or anything. I, I did it. I was my own exterminator. Okay. Like if it's a. If, if it's a you
1: know, um, you could have just moved your oatmeal.
0: If it's mono y mono, I never have to worry about that because physically I'm going to take care of any threats. But when it comes to mice that run and hide, it's a little bit Were you difficult. able to
1: determine where the mouse got in? No. Yeah, that's no. There's half know. your
0: challenge right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I really don't know how he got in the basement. 239-1260. We'll, we'll take some calls. My wife's allergic, okay. and I have a dog that would have not. Have Ollivander
1: stay in the basement.
0: My, my dog is an only dog. so he would Just not have him be stay in the basement. Does he
1: ever go in the basement? No, he sleeps in the bed with us. He's part of our family. But I'm saying, when you're gone, put him in the basement,
0: come no, home. I'm not going to do that. It's fucking scary down in the basement. <laughs> Ollivander Longpaw Schultz sleeps in the, the big bed. That's fair. Fair enough. Fighter Bowl bleep comes your way next. Just getting started at KSR on a sunny Wednesday, Fox Sports 1260, and live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Quarry and Schultz. If he times his jump just right, Schultz can get net on an 8-foot basketball goal. This is query and Schultz on Fox Sports 1260. Here we go. That's not even accurate. I can dunk on an 8-foot goal. I yeah. can dunk pretty easily on an 8-foot I could, like, tomahawk dunk sure. on an eight-foot goal. I doubt that. Highly doubt that. Goal's one of those things that, um, and we'll get to bite or here in just a second, but I had a, a, a longtime friend, still is one of my dearest friends, who is from Lebanon. Who You know, I bring up Lebanon sometimes on the show. And uh, he was a roommate of mine in college. And one, I, I don't remember if it was a Thanksgiving or Easter, one of the holidays where I wasn't able to go back to Connecticut, I was going up to Lebanon. He invited me to, to have Thanksgiving or Easter dinner with his family and his folks, and he was giving me directions to his house. And he said, "Just go up the road here, blah blah blah, sixty five, blah 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 blah. Take take a right here, and it's the third driveway with the goal." And so I was like, "Okay, cool." So I'm driving up there. I'm in my old Civic, and I'm looking around for a hockey goal in the driveway. What? And I don't see one.
1: And, uh, you know, th- this goal? is the old,
0: like, Nokia cell phone days. So I called Joey, and I'm like, hey, w- what's the deal, man? I'm, I'm looking, you know, third driveway doesn't have a goal. He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? The, the basketball goal. And I was like, oh, the hoop? And so I turned back around, and we never called a it We goal? never called it a basketball what goal do you live on where, where I grew up.
1: What do you live next door to Wayne it and was, Garth? You,
0: you shoot hoops. It's hoops in the driveway.
1: Um, nobody said goal for anything. Yeah, I never said goal either, but. I mean, I would say that, well, I don't know about that. I think, it's a sneakers, goal.
0: I think it's a sneakers, tennis shoes sort of
1: thing. No, I think people would say, like, yeah, we, we put a basketball goal up in the yard or in the driveway. You know, everybody had that house where you had just a huge... I, I actually was very lucky because we did not have... My driveway was on a hill, but the people across the street, the people across the street and down one, John Banch's house, and then my next-door neighbors had a... It was perfect, a wide driveway. I mean like it was like three lanes well no it was like eight lanes wide for probably twenty feet with a goal there and I mean I shot I can't tell you that, that's all I would ever do Derek after school. I'm gonna go shoot baskets. Oh
0: that's all we did too. Uh that or wiffle ball.
1: Yeah we we did a it was pretty season dependent I guess. We'd play backyard basketball and then, and I think I told you the there was a family the Curtises, that had a full-court glass backboards court in their backyard in a subdivision near where I grew up. And it became, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, none of us knew the Curtises. The woman would come home from work and be like, hi, boys, and we'd be out playing, you know, 20 guys playing basketball in their backyard. And then when people started pulling up their lawn furniture to hang out, if you were not in the game, uh, they kind of started to put the kibosh on it. But we would play depending on the season. Basketball a lot. We wouldn't play wiffle ball, but we'd play home run derby, or we'd play backyard nerf football.
0: Yeah, not everyone had a full wiffle ball stadium diamond. um, Yeah, most had a life. All of that. Not not everyone had that at their disposal. So I understand how blessed I was to, you know, kind of have the
1: knowledge and the space to pull all of that together. Until your parents had the first opportunity to do so, they went Texas Chainsaw Massacre on. Not
0: everyone has the intelligence really to pull something, or the foresight to pull something like that off. It's a lot like with this YouTube stream. Where it's just I, I see things, Jake. I just have I have visions, and once they come to fruition, it's amazing what ends up happening to digesting this show in
1: a manner that actually financially assists us. I mean, it's a rocket ship. You know what I
0: mean? This will eventually financially assist us. Okay. People would be crazy to not hop on board here. Okay,
1: okay. just like Biter Bullet. Like Weep. we would see a dollar of that
0: because we've got a sponsorship going with our friends at KSR for Biter Bull, Weep, which comes your way right now. It's the most anticipated show segment in Quarian Schultz history. It's time for Buy It
1: or Bullshit.
0: Fighter Mobley brought to you by our friends at KSR. We're sitting right here, home of Indy's best wings. We will next be here three weeks from today, so two January shows at KSR to kick off 2020. 56 in Keystone on the northeastern edge of Midtown. If you're new to Biden or bull bleep, here's what we do. I give a statement. Then Jake and I go back and forth, whether we buy it or we think it's Bull Bleep. Easy enough, right? You ready, Jake? Sure. Statement number one, the Colts will trade up in the draft to snag a quarterback.
1: Buy it or Bull Bleep? Um, they certainly have the resources to do it because they have accumulated a lot of picks. But I'm going to say that that's bullshit. I know Jake Fromm from Georgia threw his hat in the ring today that he's going to enter the draft. I think there are going to be, and if you look, Derek... At quarterbacks right now, still alive in the playoffs. The highest draft spot for any of them is Ryan Tannehill at 8th. Watson was 12th. Mahomes, or no, I'm sorry, Mahomes maybe was 12th, and Watson was like fourteen. You can get a quarterback at 13 if you want to stay put. I don't... Chris Ballard, I think, really covets picks, and especially rounds 2 through 5 picks, so I don't see them surrendering those. Uh, I'm going to say they stay put. I yeah, could be wrong, me but... Me too.
0: Yeah, I, I don't
1: think... You're going to have to trade up in front
0: of Miami, L.A., and Carolina, 5, 6, and 7. I don't even know who's picking four. Are the Giants picking four? Redskins are picking two. Cincinnati's picking one. I think the Giants might be picking five. I'll look at the draft order. You Miami's would have
1: to, five, right? Yeah,
0: you yeah. would have to get up to four because you've got to – I think if you're trading up, you're trying to get two, Right. So, hypothetically, you would have to trade in front of that trio of teams that is all very likely to draft a quarterback, and I I just think that the price is going to be too high. You would need the 13, the Washington pick, and probably at least next year's number one, and you might need more than that just to get from 13 to 4 because there's always an added tax on if you're trading up to get a quarterback. We've seen that in the past with what the Bears had to do to get in front of the Niners uh, for Mitchell Trubisky, with what the Texans had to do to get Watson, with what the um, the Rams had to do and the Eagles had to do to get Wentz and Goff. So I don't think Bower's going to be willing to do that. We know that he's been a little bit of an asset hoarder, and I think he's not going to be willing to
1: part with what it's going to take for them to move up, even if they really love Tua. Uh, this from Noah. Hey, Jake, do you think it's possible Derek threw the trap with the mouse away because he's not strong enough to actually release the mouse from it? It's a great question. No,
0: I... I actually played around and tested. Thanks for asking, Noah, uh, even though I know your question doesn't come from a genuine place. I actually played around with opening and shutting the traps and triggering them, and I, I have intimate knowledge when of you, the When you picked traps.
1: it up, did you like, I mean, was it kind of, you know, like holding it out, like, e? or did it not bother no, you No,
0: not really. No, it didn't, didn't really didn't really bother me. I'm, I'm kind of a, as you guys know on this show, I'm kind of a guy's guy. So. If you're a guy's
1: guy, you wouldn't, it wouldn't bother you. There's a mouse in the basement. That stuff doesn't bother me.
0: Well, I don't want them pooping on everything, Jake. Okay. You know, they spread diseases and stuff. It's actually, you, you really shouldn't. It, it's like the worst thing to have in your house. I'd rather have, like, ants.
1: Okay. Uh, statement number two. Termites? You wouldn't want termites. Archie
0: Miller should be fired if Indiana can't make the NCAA tournament this year. Bite or bull bleed.
1: This is year number what for Archie Miller?
0: Uh, this is his third year.
1: I'll say no because I think somebody should get the four years for, like, an entire class. But the question certainly should start being in the discussion. I Look, you look at, and I've said it before, and I don't know that Archie Miller's not the guy. I mean, don't, don't misquote me here. But Kentucky knew right away that Billy Gillespie was a bad fit. And they didn't dilly-dally around. They, they, you know what? They, they cut bait and they moved on. North Carolina knew right away that Matt Doherty was not a good fit. Matt Doherty having Dean Smith move from his office into like a coat closet on the fourth floor was not a real good move. But um, they didn't dilly-dally around. They they said, you know what, this isn't going to work, and they moved on. So, you know, I. that's what the big-time programs do. You don't worry about what people are going to think or how it looks or whatever else. You go out and you get your guy. I've always felt that Indiana has undersold itself in their coaching searches. I did admittedly think Archie Miller was a good hire because I liked what he had done at Dayton. But so far, that has not translated to Indiana. They're, whether it be their recruiting, just, he's not recruiting the right kind of players. Whether it be he's not instilling an offense that caters to where their strengths are. They're not getting the ball where it needs to be. He's catering to players that are way too inconsistent. I don't know what it is. But the results right now at Indiana, missing the tournament is unacceptable at Indiana, period. It's unacceptable anywhere, but particularly at in Indiana where there was a great pride until 20 years ago of having the highest winning percentage in NCAA tournament history. Not making the tournament at Indiana is unacceptable. If they don't make it this year, I do think – that And I'm talking out of both sides here, I realize, by saying he should get four years by saying that everybody else didn't dilly-dally around. But I think you at least give him time to show or, or to be able to say, look, you had an entire recruiting class worth of time to do something here, and it didn't work. So the seat gets really warm if they miss the tournament. Derek, if they did it, it wouldn't bother me. I'll put it to you that way. But I think he would get one more year.
0: I think he'll get one more year because of the way his contract is. And I think Indiana's kind of stuck with him for another year. I don't, I don't think they're going to be willing to eat the guarantees. I think it's fully guaranteed. He gets every penny through 2022 think, if he's cut
1: right now. I think Indiana's problem right now in athletics is they are feeling the effects of an athletic director that was more interested in winning press conferences and coming out arms raised to the cheer of fans at a halftime Tom Allen may well be the guy. Don't get me wrong, but they've already committed seven years and over $20 million to the guy. I mean, they have no choice now. Right. And then on the other hand, the Archie Miller hire, while again, I wasn't opposed to it when it happened, but the people that he didn't call, I mean, it was, that was his guy. He targeted Archie Miller right away. That was who he wanted. He went out and got him. If you're going to go all in on, on a guy, somebody from Dayton, it it seems like you should have had a more expansive search personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the other thing that's interesting, Derek, is if Fred Glass is leaving, then who would be the guy that fires Archie Miller? Is a new AD going to come in and immediately yeah, make that or, change? Or
0: is it, if it's
1: Dolson, is he
0: more willing, and Scott Dolson, who's in-house, right. is he more willing to keep him being part of that administration? And if it's a new guy, is he more willing to oust him? Right. I, I have no idea. That's actually a great... You're actually asking good questions on today's show, which is really weird. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm floored about that. No, I don't think that he's going to be... I think the the question of should he be and will he be are two different things, but it's unacceptable in year three for Indiana not to make the NCAA tournament, period. Now, whether that means Archie Miller should be fired, uh, I don't think it's going to happen, so I don't think it's worth wasting time over it. But, again, it's unacceptable for Indiana to miss the NCAA tournament in year three of Archie Miller. It wasn't that bad of a situation that he took over. Nate McMillan should get more credit for the
1: Pacers' success this season. Buy it or bull bleep? Um, I buy that. I think Nate McMillan's done a nice job. You know, I talked yesterday about... One of the things that he's done, I think Aaron Holiday is really having a nice come out year. And I think that's because Nate McMillan has put Aaron Holiday in positions with T.J. McConnell on the floor with them, for example, uh, to be able to flourish. And that's just one example of where I think he's been really good. I think he's put T.J. Warren you know, in situations where they're taking advantage of what T.J. Warren can do offensively. And to an extent, they've done that with Jeremy Lamb at different times. The bigger thing is I do think that, you know, the big question of can Sabonis and Turner play together on the floor? He's drawn Turner away from the basket offensively, and he's opened things up defensively with Turner down low that, you know, and Sabonis has obviously been great. So there are areas I get it. You know, people you can always make questions about a guy's rotation late in games or timeouts or those kinds of things, and there might be times where Nate McMillan, makes a bad timeout or makes a bad adjustment. Those things happen over the course of 82 games. But for the most part, I think, yes, he's been really good this year.
0: I think Nate gets an ample amount of credit. I don't know. Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. I've never been a huge Nate McMillan guy. Um, I think he's fine. I think Nate McMillan is a perfectly fine NBA head coach. I think you could do a lot worse than Nate McMillan. There are probably only a, a handful of guys that better. I don't know how much it really matters, Jake. If we're ranking the impact of coaches, I think the NBA head coach probably ranks slightly above a baseball manager, don't you, for actual impact. I think you need, in order to be a great cook, you need to have the ingredients. Am, you I, great, am I right in saying were you a that? a great cook at Outback? I was an excellent line cook. So you I, the, I was a, a terrible grill cook, but I was great at saute and salads what, and apps.
1: What's the difference between a grill and cook and a line cook?
0: Well, saute, uh, you had several stations on the line. Okay. So I was a line cook, and I was versatile. I could go into any different uh, station and hold my own except grill because I could just never quite temp the steaks. The grills, steaks. the steaks? Right, yeah, because I, I couldn't organize it. I know how to temp a steak. I just couldn't organize it correctly, and I'd always end up overcooking a bunch of them, uh, which we ended up eating on the line, which was a good thing. But what about Boston the blooming did onions?
1: Did you ever have to do I those? did bloom,
0: yeah. I, I was on bloom for a while. Was that was kind bloom of the bottom rung. Uh, it was bloom, and then you work your way up to salad. How and then hard apps- is
1: the and onion? You just throw it in, a, in the fryer and hit two and a half oh, minutes no, and you're, come back you're, and bring it out. You're completely sh- sh- wrong. Shake it off, and you're
0: done. No, you're completely wrong. Did you um, ever
1: throw ice cubes in the fryer, in the grease fryer? No,
0: that'd be very dangerous. Oh, it's awesome. No, we didn't do that. The
1: fireworks that would explode from that was awesome. No, uh, we did not do that. Bloom
0: was actually, you had to be very delicate. There was a, a patented onion puncher uh-huh. that would cut the onion just like the bloom, so it would flower out. And then you had to dust it, put it in the egg wash, take it out, dust it again, throw it in the fryer. If it overcooked, psh, you're out. I mean, you had to hit that thing right on the nose. And I just had a good eye for it, for, for having it be crispy, golden awesomeness. Uh,
1: Jake, if Derek was more of a man's man, wouldn't he be a better grill cook? That's an excellent question from Spencer. I just,
0: I just couldn't organize it correctly because these tickets would come in and you'd get flooded with tickets and something. you have 50 steaks on your grill. And I, I would always not be able to get, like, the 8-minute the steaks away from the 6-minute steaks from the 10-minute steaks. And I, it was difficult to do. Even though, you know, honestly, in Bloomington, uh, almost all of the orders, like 90% of them were sirloins well done. That was no, – most of the tickets were sirloins well done. I even butterfly a filet once and did it well done. And, um, you know, why don't I just step on your steak if that's what you want me to do on it? I mean, butterfly filet well done. Why on earth would anyone do that? But that, I, I would make all kinds of, you know, whatever you asked me to do, I would do. But I like saute. That was fish and chicken, like the Alice Springs chicken with the honey mustard and the cheese and the bacon and the mushrooms and all mm-hmm. that. Um, I like to do that. Yeah, you've lost me now. Well, I looked up the caloric intake of all of those Outback menu items. And let me tell you, there's a reason why I got up to 190 when I was in college. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. The cheese fries about the worst possible thing you could have. I think they actually wrote the an article about that. No, a, a, a Outback cheese fry, they did it. All restaurant items is the worst possible thing calories-wise. My problem with have. Outback
1: Steakhouse, Derek, is I have no off switch with that marble or the, the dark rye bread. It's, Whatever.
0: it's like pumpernickel, isn't it? Is that what yeah, it, is? I I mean, it is? I have
1: no off switch with it. Mm-hmm. It's nonstop.
0: I uh, may or may not have had uh, a roommate that was a server who may or may not have had a customer at Outback down in Bloomington who sat at a table and said, can we get some of that chocolate bread? That's awesome. And we still tell that story yeah, that's whenever awesome. we see Pumpernickel or anything like that. No, I mean, I met my wife at Outback Steakhouse. She was a hostess and I was a line cook and I have an affinity there, even though I can't eat any of the food anymore because I ate it so much and now I just, I just can't do it anymore. By the way, Brandon
1: and Lakin have shown up and are already skulking the live feed camera. Am I on camera? We'll, get just, see, we we'll get both there of we them. We'll get both of them
0: on the YouTube stream. Last statement here, Jake, for buy it or bull bleep. Uh, if your holiday decorations aren't down by the end of this weekend, you're officially lazy. Buy it or bull bleep?
1: Yeah, right uh, I would agree with that because when do the – and I get it. I mean, like, the, when do the 12 days of Christmas end? Well, isn't there like, isn't it for
0: Orthodox? Isn't it like January fifth or something? Yeah. So if, uh, I think if there we're is an extended that, yes. one. If
1: we're past that, then yes.
0: I mean, my feeling, I I have to have them. I'm OCD, so I have to have them down by New Year's Day, by the end of New Year's Day. That's like the hard cutoff for me. But if you've had two established weekends in January and you still haven't taken down your holiday decorations, then yeah, I think we're officially to the point where you're just being lazy about it.
1: I, you know what? We did a live tree this year, and then, like, the Boy Scouts come and take it away. I know this sounds crazy. Am I the only one that, like, you almost feel sorry for your tree when you just throw it down at the bottom of the driveway?
0: It's depressing. You're
1: like, poor tree. Yeah. You did, I, he did a good job for us this year. I, I don't
0: get as depressed as I used to about the end of Christmas, but I like just kind of having the slate white queen. That's why I like doing the live stream, kicking this off, because it made me forget about, you know, the post-holiday depression and all of that. I, I
1: told Shannon, though, you tell me if this is weird. She's got, you know, five acres in the backyard, including, like, a huge floodplain and, and a creek and woods and everything. And I'm like, why don't we just take the Christmas tree and leave it back there for squirrels or whatever to live in and burrow in and hang out in? You know what I mean? You're that- showing more sympathy
0: for the tree here than the, the mouse that I killed in my basement.
1: Well, I mean, they're both, both of them were disposed and dispatched of heartlessly, you know? 239-1260. A couple of the YouTube comments, uh,
0: this from our pal Jonah in Arizona, about Nate McMillan on Bider But agreed on all counts. Nate really has been unfairly criticized at times. I think he has some limitations. I, I haven't always liked his endgame decisions. Um, Personnel-wise, I think he's gotten better because, if I remember right, early in his career, he would ride with the bench far too long before putting the starters back in. Um, And that would cost them games at times. But again, I'm I'm just kind of nitpicking. I think you could do a lot worse than Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan has had a career of being a perfectly fine NBA head coach. Nothing more, nothing less. And I think he's really, if, if we're assigning credit for where the Pacers are, the lion's share of the credit goes to Kevin Pritchard. Because he did an unbelievable job not only remaking this team once, but remaking it twice. And he's had to do that on the fly in the last three years, and he's done a phenomenal job of there's been no dip. They've they've essentially been able to maintain uh, this winning status, where I would, of course, like to see them take another step and win a playoff series. But all in all, adding up the context of the situation, I, I think he's done an excellent job.
1: You and I are going to have conflicting opinions about the next story you have in the show, Derek. Oh, I don't think so. If you have a conflicting opinion against
0: this, you're wrong.
1: I'll give you a little more insight into it. How's that?
0: Something is dying that should have been killed off a long time ago. And it kind of was. That's, what, I don't, that's I, what I'm confused by. I am celebrating the death of this horrible thing. Jake is mourning the loss of this. I'm not mourning thing. it. I'm just curious yes, why
1: people think it's just now dying. It's been
0: you're, going for a while. You're a traditionalist, so I knew that you would mourn the loss of this horrific thing. We'll okay. tell you exactly what that is when we return. It's Quarian Schultz, Fox Sports 1260, and live on YouTube at youtube.com slash Quarian Schultz. They're celebrities, but only in their own minds. You're listening to Quarian Schultz on Fox Sports 1260 Indie Sports Station.
1: There are certain things, Derek, admittedly, that take place... Do you ever have this happen to you where something's in the news and you're like, wait a minute, didn't we already know this? Hasn't this been going on for a while? And you're kind of surprised that it's news to other people because you kind of assumed that it was common knowledge. Does that ever happen to you on anything?
0: Yeah. uh, There are some. Every once in a while I get surprised, but a lot of it is like Connecticut stuff that I didn't know people in Indiana didn't know about. You know what I mean? I, I think there's a lot of regional stuff that you assume everyone knows about, but. They don't?
1: Okay. Like, I was
0: shocked that people didn't know what Jimmy's were until, obviously, now Jimmy's is a a household thing here because we've been able to spread that.
1: Now, give me the story that has you doing backflips, and then I'll tell you why to me I was like, really? The troughs,
0: reportedly, I don't want to put the cart too much ahead of the horse, but the troughs at the Indianapolis Motor
1: Speedway are very likely going to be removed. Now, for those that are unfamiliar, and there's an evolution of the troughs, at one time, if I'm not mistaken, the troughs were like the porcelain ones, and then those were replaced by the metal that just looks like wider versions of a gutter that run along inside the bathrooms. But here's, to me, Derek, let me tell you the two things here that, that I know, and the one thing that where I was surprised by this. I know that when Roger Penske, when it was announced that he was taking over the Speedway, He went and walked like every inch of the track, and I was told some of the observations he had and some of the changes that could come, uh, some of which are not even consequential enough to the average fan to repeat on the air, but the two things that I was told, number one, that when he went into the bathrooms that he was surprised at some of the men's rooms, and I would assume women's, I haven't been in the women's, but some of the men's rooms, he was surprised that the cement walls were not painted. And he's like, why have we not painted these? And he was told the price of how much the paint cost, you know, because you're talking two and a half miles of paint, basically. And in addition to that, the fact that they knew that putting fresh paint inside a bathroom at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is basically like giving an empty canvas to an art studio, right? And that they would have to repaint it every year. And Penske allegedly said, okay, I mean, that's fine. That's one of the things we're going to have to do. So the cement walls or the cinder block walls in the inside of the bathrooms, I believe all will be painted. But I noticed maybe even two years ago, Derek, when you first walk into the speedway and you go into any of the men's rooms along the main straight on the outside of the track, so not the Tower Terrace, but those that are underneath the paddock and those that are underneath, um, I guess it would be the Southwest Vista, etc., have urinals. They don't have troughs. So the troughs are only in certain areas, most of which are like in the backstretch or maybe, maybe in the infield. But the, this narrative that every re- men's restroom has troughs, I realize we're, we're doing bathroom talk here, which is a little insipid, but the narrative that every single men's restroom had troughs is not accurate. It hasn't been accurate for a couple of years. I, I mean, I was like, yeah, they, they've... Now, the one drawback of this that people need to brace themselves for the it there are two hundred and you know on race day itself we can say two fifty if you include all the seating plus people in the infield plus workers plus participants two hundred and fifty is a fair number on average the The advantage of the troughs is is exactly that it it, it you didn't get a lot of lines going, let's put it that way. You can, I mean, you're, you're sardining people in to use the restroom, I know, but hey, it was efficient. You you, you narrow that down to like 15 urinals and you're going to have lines going well in, towards the golf course for what it's worth. So just be aware of that, Derek. Especially for you when you got to get up there and there's pressure on you and people want you in and out. It's going to be tough. You be waiting in line all that time, then you get up there and people happily, want that spot. Happily, you we'll have wait. to sit there and all the pressure's on you. That's rough.
0: Happily, we'll wait. It'll be better to be able to use the restroom than not be able to use the restroom. Okay. Now the other thing. Let me see if I'm going to see if we can move that camera during the timeout. Because keep in mind, Derek, we can't even see anything right now.
1: Keep in mind that. Well, here, here's what we do. You ready? The sun's right in it. Watch this. If we, if we put my hat over it, see, then it's. See now. No, don't no, cover it up because I can't see anything. I don't yeah, know. Brandon, Brandon wants to be able to see. No, if no, we do that the right way.
0: You, you somehow made it worse now? Okay. Because now all I can see is the brim of your hat?
1: Well, anyway. Um, it's just. For know. those that are curious, by the way, it's my understanding. It's my understanding that lights. Are, are still in the discussion, but not on the front burner. For, for those that are curious about that, lights at the Speedway. not, not well, What right, are we talking about cost-wise for those?
0: Did, did Have you talked to somebody who can really give a good estimate
1: on how much that would cost to light that I was, whole place? It's got to be millions and millions and millions of dollars. I was, I was told at one time, and I can't remember. It was millions, yes. But... There are a number of factors that go into that that I think has moved that a little bit off of the front burner, as, as I understand it. Um, you know, there was a time, Derek, just so you know, that the men's restrooms at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, when you walked into them, you had the troughs, like, along one wall, and then one of the back walls was just wooden benches with circular holes, like, every eight feet. And those were it was basically latrines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they eventually replaced that with actual stalls, but they didn't have doors on them. So I mean, count your blessings here. Wait, the
0: the stalls like where you go number two did not have doors?
1: That is correct. Yes. But before that, it was just a, a bench along the back part of the.
0: Uh, I'm aware of the bench. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to out in turn three. I don't want to relive the bench. I'm not interested in talking about the bench. Okay. The bench can stay buried and dead where it is. Okay. Um, I did not. I was not aware of the fact that there were. The whole point of a stall is for it to be a stall. no. They're so, dividers. So they're just these no were, door. these were half completed stalls. Is that they what you're just didn't have a door say? on them?
1: I don't know if the women's restroom do or not. I've never been in there.
0: What's the point of having a stall if it has no door?
1: I, it's like a car with no wheels. Well, like, what I the mean, hell do you do with it? I, I mean, you know, you, you know, you, you turn the corner and somebody's in there. Up, oh, sorry. You go on about you know.
0: No, I don't want. If I'm sitting there, Jake, I don't right. want
1: people to. You just say, hey, occupado. They come up, occupado, and they go on. Well, the door is supposed there, to signal. There's a rite of passage ocupado. about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway re- restrooms. It's a rite of passage.
0: It's not Growing a right up in of this town, passage.
1: it's a rite of passage. No, now, can I also tell you, you know about my one piece of great Speedway memorabilia, correct? It's a folding chair, isn't I think, it? I think I'm now at Liberty to admit this problem. do not you
0: have some folding chair from like 19... 19- well, they gave, me,
1: they gave me one of the green chairs that sat in turn one when they replaced those, the temporary seating green chairs that sat from like 1958 to 2015 or something. They gave me one of those. But I believe I, I probably have told this story before. I think I'm in the clear to tell it now because I've kind of cleared it with people at the Speedway. And it's it, it starts out innocent enough. I'm sure I've told this on the air, right? After I don't the, think so. All of the if you're ever at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, on the back side of the Tower Terrace, so like where Victory Lane is just to the north of that, and the underside of the grandstands are the local television editing rooms. Channel Eight and channel 59 share a suite, channel Six is off to or not share a suite, but like you they're in one little hallway, Channel Six is off kind of to the left, and then channel 13. And that's where we have or had, I should say editing equipment for live shots, packages, stories, et cetera. And sometime in the early to mid-2000s, after the Brickyard, which, of course, at that time was the last event of the year at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, all of us in local television, it was like 7 o'clock at night, were in editing for our 11 o'clock shows and whatever else and just finished the 6 o'clock live shots, and a yellow shirt popped his head in. And said, hey, guys, just a reminder, this equipment all has to be out of here by midnight tonight. And we're like, well, that's like our engineers that come in and tear that stuff down. But, I mean, we're, we're, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of television equipment. and I mean, sure. It takes weeks to set up. And, and we're like, well, that's, that's not us that does that. But I, I'm pretty sure they come out tomorrow and start breaking down the equipment. And the guy's like, well, it's all got to be out tonight because starting tomorrow at 8 a.m., this whole thing's coming down. We're like, what are you talking about? And they said, the Tower Terrace, they're, they're rebuilding it. They're redoing everything. So they're raising this in the morning and, and putting in a whole new section. And we're like, wait a minute. So you're saying that like everything here is gone? The guy's like, all of it's gone. It's all, it, everything's getting torn down. So we're like, so what does that mean for the signage and things like that? It's all, it's all going. It's all gone. Take whatever you want. And I'm not going to say any names, but myself, one other individual that I worked with two individuals from a different television station, one of which is pretty prominent. We went, yeah, out, with, first. We, we went out with monkey riches. We wrenches. all know that it's first. I mean, we were hanging off signs, taking stuff down. Of course, yeah. The wing and wheel logo from the old Victory Circle, all of it turning it into souvenirs. And, like, nobody was saying a word because they, the yellow shirts are just like, yeah, I mean, take whatever you want. Like, it's have at. So literally, <laughs> I mean, we, so I have... A metal, it's got to be three feet high by five feet wide on steel arms that extends out one of the original metal signs that just says gentleman's restroom with the wing and wheel. And I was told, I mean, it's, it had been over the restroom under the Tower Terrace since like 1920. Wow. And so I took that. Somebody else, I'm not saying any names, took the women's restroom sign. Somebody took the wing and wheel logo from Victory Circle, which was gold. I mean, not actual gold, but gold color. And somebody took, like, the Victory Circle sign, and among other things. And that night, actually the next night, the next night at, like, 1230 at night, one of my coworkers who had the women's restroom sign was so paranoid over it that he drove to 16th and Georgetown and leaned it up against the administration building front door and left it and took off. I kept the men's restroom sign. And like three days later, we got an email saying, were you guys told that this was coming down? I'm like, yeah. And they said, well, that's totally inaccurate. That's not accurate at all. They didn't ask for anything back, though. So I held on to huh. the sign and then. They
0: were probably going to update that stuff anyway.
1: A couple of years ago, I admitted to the Speedway that I had the sign, and they basically were like, hey, that's a sweet souvenir because they've redone it all since. So I still have it. If, if anybody – and nobody's ever done so. There's never been anyone inside my residence in 15 years. But if you ever come and you want to use the restroom, I just say, well, it's underneath the, the, the sign that says Gentleman Restroom, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's where the bathroom is.
0: Yeah, that's surprising. No one has
1: been in the two-bedroom two bedroom apartment where you live alone right. for the last 15 years? Nobody has come over to see the Charles Manson autographed letter. Nobody's come over to see the Neil Armstrong signed newspaper. Bums me out. Mm.
0: And your California king.
1: The other people, by the way, FYI. Your jar of mustard in the fridge. Everyone else kept their souvenirs as well. Just an FYI. Everyone had
0: that one friend that would always panic whenever you did something, right? Oh, yeah, of course. The the panicky, paranoid friend. 239-1260, when we return, we'll talk Pacers. Jeremiah Johnson is going to join us sidelines for fs indiana they've got a big one tonight against the heat and we'll discuss it next it's corian schultz